It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? Yo, we're back. It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, and we are not affiliated with any 12-step program. And the reason I say that is because uh, there's nobody but us who is responsible for what we say. And we're not uh, trying to be an example of uh, anything but uh, who what's we are. What's worked for us. And what's worked for us. There you and, go. And for the people that we have on. Beautiful. Um, I'm a recovered heroin addict. My name is Chris Mandeville. Um, we're here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, uh, Quincy Mass on Quincy, Quincy. Ave, 85 Quincy Ave. Uh, lots of um, meetings and resources here. Like, uh, There's a ton of meetings here um, hmm. all week. So if you log on to their uh, – they have a group. Um, you can – they post up the meetings every day. Or you could come down and check the place out and grab a calendar and um, – so yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, like Tom said, um, we're not affiliated with any twelve-step programs. Um, anything you hear on here is is our experience um, or our guest's experience. We're affiliated our, our with opinions. that uh, that um, real estate thing right now, right? We got. Oh this, yeah, uh, we only got. We only have two people who, who entered. Have, who have entered for the so? If you guys bucks. scroll back to a couple weeks ago, uh, a podcast we did with Corey Bashaw. Uh, and the Bashaw Group um, Realty, um, he is offering up a hundred dollar gift card if you follow his page, follow our page, and I think it was share his podcast. If you go in uh, onto it, it tells you um, what it is, and then after you do that, you put an X one in the comments for that podcast, and then we'll you know in a couple of weeks when we get a few more people, we will. Pick someone to win the hundred dollar gift card. Yeah, couldn't they put an X one on any in any old podcast? No, because we want to be able to find it. We want to find all of them. You know what I'm saying? So if they X one on his podcast, we'll be able to see everyone that's entered on that one thing. Okay. Versus trying to go through all of these, all of our podcasts, and find X ones. I don't yeah, want to do well, that to you. No, but I mean, <laughs> the podcast that happened in the, during the promotion, so it would be this, that one, this one, the next one, something like that, because it sounds hard for someone to scroll back and find that. Maybe it's not. Yeah. I don't know. If you, go, if you click on photos, that's where all the live videos are, um, and you could go right back to that podcast. Um, tonight we have uh, Pat. He's someone that uh, Tom works with. And he will share his story with us tonight. So we'll kick it off. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks brother. for coming. This is uh, we've this, had some. What you guys are doing issues. here is great. It's uh, like I said, it's uh, really helpful. Um, I listen to the podcast on the ride home every day, and uh, you know, when you don't get to a meeting or something like that, it just kind of brings you back in a like. Checks ahead. You yeah, know, keeps you, it so keeps it awesome. up front for us. So makes makes it so worth it to hear you say that. Uh, I, know, good. I know, right? Yeah. Man. So I I, uh, I I definitely uh belong in Alcoholics Anonymous and in recovery or whatever. Uh yeah. My story is probably a little bit different than than uh most, but uh uniqueness is what uh you know, helps people to understand it in different ways. Yeah, you know? and and, and also, there's other people out there that may feel the same way, and now they hear your story, and they're like, whoa, that happened to me, they too. Relate, so now yeah. they identify. Right. You know? The gift of identification. Versus identify. thinking that no, <laughs> one, no one's been through what I've been through. Right. You know, right. That, identify, don't compare. Yes. Here you go. Um, well, I... I um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely started early. I, uh, I think I was probably like 12 or 13 when I had my first yeah. drink. The magical age, it's about right. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that that whole puberty thing's going on as well. And yeah, man. We yeah. don't know which end is up. Um, I the first drink, the first time I drank, I drank. I get sick. You know, I get like the the 
the spins, the throwing up. I think we were drinking mm-hmm. like uh, 40s a Heffernruff or something. Yeah, you know like which that. end of those is up. The bottom. <laughs> yeah. The bottom's up. I, I, remember, I remember the first time I came home drunk. My mother knew it. Yeah. I woke up the next day hungover. I had to tile my kitchen floor. I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> <laughs> what? And like she knew that I didn't feel good, so she made like these nasty runny eggs. And she's like, oh, here, honey. And I was just like, oh, mom. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Heffenreffers. Yeah. yeah. Green, Head green death. Yeah. yeah. Green um, lightnings. And and I I feel like, you know, at that point, I, I never wanted to do it again. But, you know, a couple of weeks later, we probably got our hands on some sort of other alcohol or whatever it may be and you know it, it was it, it originally it started off probably every here here and there you know um then we got into the marijuana i mean i was in junior high and that's kind of where we were going with it yeah mm-hmm. you know booze booze pot and acid right like, right i mean i did uh, get into the acid i did get into the mescaline the mushrooms that that was probably a little bit later on once we get into high school yeah you know but um i um you know, by the end of this thing, you'll hear that I, I dabbled in pretty much everything. The only thing I never did was really stick a needle in my arm. Yeah, mm. but uh, I, I mean, you I still end up in the same spot, right? I definitely yeah. belong in the in the in the halls. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I made it up to high school. Um, my parents were divorced when I uh, divorced when I was younger. My father was a cop. My mother was a nurse. Um, Perfect. We got <laughs> <can't, laughs> yeah. typical Irish Catholic family. Right. Or, or no. And he, he brought the job home with him. He was a he was like one of those like, you know, I could rule the house with an iron fist type guy. We yeah. were fucking oh, terrified yeah. of him. But uh, yeah. drinker. Uh my mother was she threw him out. Um he was a drinker. He loved his fucking his booze, you know. Mm. Um and uh I, I, I think, you know, that that moment made it easier, at least for my brother and my sister was kind of a goody two shoes, yeah. you know. Um, we we went to church growing up every Sunday. She continued to go to church through fucking her teenage years, and yeah. my brother and I we kind of were in the same mode. We kind of did our own thing, which wasn't going to church anymore. I, you know? I, st- I used to go to church with my grandfather every Saturday for for afternoon four in the afternoon mass. Yeah. Once I picked up, it was. I didn't go to church no more. I know? mean, somehow I made yeah. it through. I got confirmed, but we weren't, yeah. we weren't doing the, the church every Saturday, every Sunday right. type thing right. anymore. Right, I did the know? confirmation. I did make that, but... Yeah. And I think that was just to make them happy. Right, exactly. You know? I mean, I got a funny story with my confirmation. My my sponsor at my confirmation was my, my, uh, my father's youngest brother, uh, nine. He had eight brothers and sisters, a uh, family of nine. And he was the first guy that ever took me to an AA meeting. Uh, later, my later un- on, my uncle Chris, who you'll f- later on, yeah, later on, like like you know, like my late teens, yeah, yeah, uh, who happens to be friends. And one of the guys you had on this podcast, Franny Hoey, oh yeah, was oh, yeah. at the first <laughs> meeting I ever went to, really, over in no West Roxbury at the Friendship Group. Yeah, shout out to Franny. Yeah, yep. he was um, just posting something in the hospital. Yeah, he had surgery, I think. Came out Someone else. Okay. Who else came on here and said the same thing? That they Billy knew, Beats. Yeah. New Franny. Franny's a friend of Ironworkers, evidently. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I got off to high school and, like, you know, the, the, the people you hang around with is where you, like you said earlier, we were talking about, you gravitate to the people that are doing the things that you want to do. And, yep. and the guys oh, yeah. that I hung out with were were getting high and where they were drinking. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I think... Uh, my house ended up being like a potty house because uh, my father wasn't there, and I. Mom I was feel, a nurse, so like she probably worked all the time. She right? worked a lot, yeah. and she kind of felt bad about some of the fucking our past or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, or at least that's the kind of way I see it. And she would have rather had us there at home. Yeah. Then yeah, out, yeah. maybe she thought it would have saved us from getting into more. A lot tr- of people right, think that more trouble. And, uh, yeah, and. and at times, you know, back in the day, we probably thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. But if being a parent now, right? Could would you, you do imagine? Would you do that oh, because of because God. of what where you ended up? Oh, I'm yeah. the same way. Like, get buy for you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> You're not doing that, in my no. house. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's not so, happening. It like the so crazy. How how much my thinking has changed? I have a 19 year old, and he's. Uh, I mean, I've been sober for 
17 years and when when I got out of prison um he was uh he was coming to meetings with me quite a bit so yeah. he, he he you know hopefully he doesn't have the bug but he has an understanding you know that that old phrase you know mm. a belly full of booze and a head full of aa doesn't work out he's got a head full of aa he might even be Good. listening to this right now if you're listening Pat, hey shout out kid yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah like i got into high school i hung around with a bunch of kids that drank got high we did bong hits at my house every day for lunch uh oh, yeah. <laughs> bong hit for lunch like uh eventually we started getting into like acid oh, and shit. mushrooms and mescaline and yeah. and like i you know i wasn't the greatest student in school so i i was uh i went to the psychologist and they they said i had add and that I, it would help me if i started taking um ritalin in school and Oh yeah, you know, started it, selling that shit. The alcoholic. And <laughs> you can't sit still, so let me give you something that makes you not sit still. Addict yeah. mind knows that that that's a drug. Yeah, and eventually I found out, and and you know as this kind of goes on, I I was a big fan of the stimulant type of uh, narcotic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved speed. Um, mm. I, I I started you know crushing up and sniffing the ritalin and. Uh, when my mother found that out, she she you know informed the the prescriber and the psychologist that that this is what's going on. So they took it away from me and they gave me uh, dexedrine, which is speed, speed as basically well. speed. Yeah. Right. So yeah. let me get let me correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know if I'm remembering correctly. But if you were taking Ritalin mm. and it makes you feel speedy. Mm. Then you don't need it. Isn't that true? Like the people who take it who need it, it it's going to make you able to calm focus. them out and able but, to focus. No, so so Maybe here's not. the thing. I don't in know. theory, this is this yeah. is, and I'll and I'll get to this later who, on. We but had like, John on before that. That it was. It, we had yeah. a kid who had had in real bad. Yeah, and it worked for him. So this, let me put it this way. Like, and and again, I'm I'm going to end up here later on in my story. But in the end, I I end up using a lot of cocaine and and. I'll, yeah. Sitting out sometimes in my own house by myself on my couch doing blow and drinking, smoking cigarettes while doing crossword puzzles the whole night. Yeah. Or if people are there, <laughs> you can focus those, like a basil. Those like people it. are talking, and I'm sitting there still doing crosswords. You yeah, know, yeah. so yeah. that's kind of what it did for my brain. But mm. when I would take them, I would sniff a bunch at a time, or I would, you yeah. know, again, I was about to get to the point that they they, they gave me the dexedrine, and I would start to take those, and then I'd crush them up and sniff them. They found out I was doing that. They took them away. They gave me the time-release capsules. So you can't really do much with that. So yeah. I just tried taking like five or six of them at a time to see what that would do. And, mm. yeah. you know, between that and the acid and the mushrooms and the booze, smoking weed, and I was working a full-time job to kind of have cash in my pocket. I was, yeah. um, I worked in a, a high-class restaurant, the Mills Falls restaurant. I was a saute chef because we had a culinary program at my high school. It That's what I did, too. It was Southeastern. It was culinary a, t- a tech then. folk. And, uh, this I was right. a saute chef, too. Uh, <laughs> West and, Roxbury? And, uh, no, it was in, um, it was in uh, Upper Falls in Newton. The Mills oh, Falls. Newton. Yeah. I lived in Newton. That's where I grew up. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have money. I know a lot of people uh, suggest if you come uh, from you Newton, you got those. money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, we rented. <laughs> we didn't own. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol doesn't care whether you got money no. or, or no, not. No, it doesn't. Uh, Yale or jail. So, um, yeah, I mean, eventually I'm working full time at a restaurant while I'm still going to school. Uh, when I felt like going to school, I would go. Hmm. And, uh, you know, just doing all the really? drugs and all the drinking, um, it, 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 it caught up to me mentally, uh, you know. And I started to, honestly, I started to lose my mind. Um, and what I mean by that is, is, is I, was, I was paranoid, you know. I was, I was thinking that everybody that was around me was out to get me. You know, really? including my family, they were um, all trying to set me up. And so you were doing coke at this point. I hadn't seen. I had never touched coke at that point. Oh, just no, off the scripts. This is, this is scripts. like the the speed stuff. This is the acid. This is the mescaline, the mushrooms, right. the weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I mean, I, I have mental health issues myself. Well, but you know, it was funny because I I watched I listened to a whole Rogan podcast with two guys arguing about the benefits of the the dangers of weed and and 
what I came away with it is there are some people who, when they smoke weed, they enter psychosis. Yeah, it, if yeah. they're predisposed to psychosis, it makes it worse. Some people, it makes it much worse. Well, I can, I can, I think between where my the chemicals in my brain were at at that point in my life and marijuana, I can identify. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I got to a point where, like, I was I was a happy go lucky kid, but I had moments of like craziness. I remember jumping out my my. Uh, we lived right above the Mass Pike, and I had one of these sliding like big windows. And I remember mm. like sitting in my room, everybody's partying and drinking or getting high and everyone's laughing and joking having a good time and i'll be sitting there out of nowhere and just get up and run and jump out my window which was like an eight foot drop run down the hill over the fence and down to the mass pike like for no reason you know <laughs> right I, it, it just it didn't make any sense and, yeah. and i was getting to the point where like i said i was losing my mind and i i uh I thought, like I said, I thought my friends, my family, everybody was out there. Were, they was trying to set me up to, to, to be dead, and it's crazy now. And I look back on it now, and I'm like, I know that that was insane, right? But in that right. moment in time, it felt real. Yeah, it yeah. did. You, you believed it. it you, there's no talking you out of it. I got See, to a point. You start playing with chemicals, right. and, uh, you know, it it unbalances you, and, and it changes the chemistry your thought you. process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In in very very distorted ways. Yeah, in very real ways. It has nothing to do with you know, your you know how you were raised or your willpower or anything like that. But no. if you're playing with chemicals, it's messing with your brain chemistry. Yeah, you know what I mean. Simple. Yeah, your, your brain functions a certain way. You start interjecting all these other things that are disrupting that function. Shit's got to st- still go somewhere, you know, yeah, right. and it's going to where it's not supposed to. And stimulating parts of the brain that probably don't get stimulated that much. And, and then it starts fucking with you. And then your brain mm. tries to make sense of yeah. things that don't make any sense. Yeah. You know? Uh, so eventually, like, a, a, a um, I mean, I was like, I graduated. I got out of high school. I was on the five-year plan. And I was still working. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, like I said, I was losing my mind. I was getting to a point where I was locking my door by myself and just getting fucked up by myself. Yeah. They're you know, out there. I had bought, They're like, all there. of these knives off of the, one of, like, the home shopping network. Oh, God. Channels, <laughs> and I had 400 a, knives for one twenty nine ninety nine. Right. right. And, and I'm shot, I had a sharpener on my desk. And, wow. And I'm I'll like, sell them. I'm, like, locked in my room, you know? And I'm like, yeah, the brain started saying, dude, you should just fucking end it. Yeah, yeah, you really. Just, like kill yourself and uh, did you? Was this I, my brother came in my room one night just, and uh, it wasn't voices. I just thoughts, just, yeah. just yeah. to thoughts. kind of shut everything down. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, he came in and and I'm like, I fucking hate everything. I hate my life. I hate this. I just fucking want to die. And I put the knife to my throat and he's fucking like, no, no. And he comes over and he like tackles me, pulls the knife away and and my mother comes in and they're all freaking out and they're like, you got to get help. You got to <laughs> get help and go. But, Michael, get him in the car, and, and I, I, I like I kind of like was reluctant, and I just did. I got up and I went and I got in the car, and this they is high t- school. Oh yeah, this is just out of high school. Just this out is of like high school. Eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah, and uh, and that's the thing. Like that's another you, real. You started using period. at thirteen mm-hmm. and disrupted the natural growth and, and development of your brain. Your brain, yeah. yeah so brain. now, now you're. You're fucked, right? Yeah. You know, right? And, and, and pro- I don't think the- people like realize that. Like when they say, "Okay, you when you get sober, you're 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 as old as mentally as when you picked up." You, uh, just I, walk I around the halls; you can see the way people fucking act. They're acting like fucking teenagers. I think it's better to 40, say em- 50 years old. Emotionally, you're probably as old yeah. as you were. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, you s- probably know. There's some people who sit there and go, "Oh, I know all sorts of knowledge." But emotionally, you yes. know, don't don't get in my way because you know I'm I'm a, a five year old and you know or whatever yeah. I'm a I'm gonna take my ball and go home. That's right. 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 You know, I mean, I, I had one of your podcasts on last week at my house on like, one of the that. Bluetooth speakers, and something to that effect of what you guys are talking about came up. And uh, my wife uh, is uh, who's been around alcoholism and drugs her whole life, and yeah. And as well was a psych nurse. Uh, she isn't so. So isn't we, we've had people on like that. Isn't an addict or alcoholic, but her entire life has been affected by alcoholism and addiction. Between people in her family yep. and myself, yeah, exactly. You know? uh, yeah, and she. We're both listening, and you guys said something. 
to the exact same thing. Like you just, when you pick up that drink or that drug, you just stop all maturity and growth yep. in the in the brain chemistry yep. until you stop and you learn how to f- grow up and be like a normal yeah. human being. Yeah. So you know? I'm like probably half of the age I'm supposed to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's also it's also whatever you um, you're stuffing in if you don't deal with it. Yeah. And know? and and it could take even longer. You know, because if right. you don't address Depending the on issues, how much damage you've done. Uh, yes. It's like yes. people who are going through the grieving process. You know, when you're going through the grieving process, there's stages. You know, uh, disbelief, anger acceptance i don't know if i'm yeah. covering them all but but yeah you stop that in between mm. you're gonna have to finish that right you know what i mean right. if you stop and you just numb yourself out for 20 years you every day you didn't deal with it you didn't deal yeah. with it you're gonna have to finish that to get to acceptance yeah right? yeah I, I, I was reading something today and it, it said uh it was talking about you know it was relationships so you have these insecurities and these fears and these doubts, and you get in a relationship, and you get more trauma and more damage. So now you get now you got newer fears, newer insecurities, newer doubts, oh, and yeah. like we're just right. like we don't deal with all that stuff. You know, we're we're fucking the relationship before we even get it started. Yeah, you know, I like, I like what Eckhart Tolle does with it. He says it's a, a pain body, so it's like a pain identity. Like so, all your pain that you've had is a part of you that can be like riled up yeah and you start identifying as that hurt person yeah you know what i mean oh i believe that yeah oh, that makes sense <laughs> that's, that's good right <laughs> brilliant yeah. so so eventually they they i end up they drive me up to the um the abba house in jamaica plane and i'm like this like 18 year old kid in this abba house with people with mm. some actual like legitimate people that are like really oh it, it's not even a detox it's like that the, can it's, horrify it's like the mental yeah. ward and it's like yeah. these people some of them oh are like, really one really flew over the cuckoo's up. nest yeah yeah and i'm like oh my god this this can't be like why am i here you know that's what happens you 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 threaten suicide that's where you go yeah, yeah. You know? and uh i i, I I was like, no, no, no. Now I'm going to say everything I possibly can to get the you-know-what out of here. Yep. And I did. And they released me probably like a week later. I can play this game. Yeah. I went back home, and I'm like, I'm just going to like, I know everybody's like, what's wrong with them? I'm just going to block everybody out, and I'm not going to get high. I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to do any of that. And I get home, and my brother's like, dude, do you want to get high? And I'm like. Okay, fuck it. So, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know if I did a bong hit or smoked a joint or what I did, but I went in and I locked myself in my room, and my head drove me crazy. I was paranoid again. I thought everybody, I yeah. thought he was trying to get me high so that they could start to set me up again. And I, I just, I couldn't take it. My mother <sighs> had a bottle of fucking Tylenol, uh, like from like BJ's or something, the 500 extra strength Tylenol. And I took that bottle and a big fucking glass of water, and I swallowed that whole bottle. Oh, my God. And I tried to go to sleep. And uh, I couldn't go to sleep. And I got up after a little while, and I walked into my mother's room, again, who's a nurse. And I said, Ma, I said, I I just, I can't do this. I don't want to live. I just swallowed all that Tylenol, and I just want to die. I can't sleep. And she freaked out. She starts, you know, Michael, she's calling for my brother. She's like, call the call 911 and she's mm. dragging me into the bathroom and sticking her fingers down my throat trying to get me to throw up and uh, you know everything was such a blur like uh, I, I wake up a couple of days later apparently they got me to Newton Wellesley Hospital and they stuck tubes up my nose and made me drink stuff and, and like you know and they I, I think I like freaked out and they stuck me with like fucking Haldol or whatever yeah, and I woke up juice. like uh. in a room by myself like two days later and they says you know Mr. Wow. Keegan you were within you know, inches of, of dying. Your your uh, liver and your kidneys or something were going to shut down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you were probably yellow by the time they got you. F- at that point, up. they sent me upstairs at Newton Wellesley Hospital <laughs> to the ward using three, which was again a mental ward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brockton Hospital at C three and uh, flight deck. Flight and, uh, deck. They said, "Listen, you're not just going to kind of like yes us to death here." Mm-hmm. And they started to send me to like a psychologist and do all these other type things and ask me all these questions and uh, 
And I, I think I think I kind of like went along with saying the stuff that they were saying back to me that made sense, and I just kind of like went along with it. And the next thing you know, I'm diagnosed bipolar, and mm. I'm on all these fucking meds, the Depakote and antipsychotic meds. And now it's a month later, and they finally fucking release me. And instead yeah, you, of releasing me to my mother's house, I went to live with my father. So they give you an Easter basket <laughs> that you got to take He's every like, day. Dum 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 dum. And, he went uh, to live with the cop. My old man was the cop, right? And he was living in the next town over in Watertown. And uh, oh, before that, I got to back up. While I was at Using Three, my uncle What's Chris. That? Using Three. That's that's the, the ward in the New ward. Okay. My uncle Chris. Uh, again, like we talked earlier about, like God or higher power, whatever it was. That's yeah, he worked through my uncle Chris. Uh, and yeah, he, yeah. he came, he, he, not only was he like, and I know this is a crazy thought for some people, but for me, like, I look back at the medallion he gave me that day when I got confirmed with him mm. and it said, St. Christopher, protect us. And that's the name I chose. And I chose him as my sponsor. And later on in life, he shows up at the mental hospital and says, Pat, you know, this help for this, for this thing that you got, what's going on with you? And he says, it's at AA meetings. And if you, if you'd like to come to a meet when you get out of here. I'd be happy to take you. Wow. And so uh, that, that you think about it, they fucking had no idea what was going on. They put you on all these crazy, crazy <laughs> right. stupid meds. And the dude who's not an educated psychiatrist comes up and says, I know what's wrong with you. Yeah. And I got a solution. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I end up like leaving the hospital like a freaking zombie on all these, yep. you know, yeah. mood stabilizers, antipsychotics. Yeah, Seroquel and, and fucking Depakote. Yeah. Living with my father yeah. now in, in Watertown thinking that that's going to change everything. I'm out of my mother's house where it was just easy to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And and um, I started trying to put my life together. Here I am again. I'm late teens and uh, I'm trying to like, I, I get a job. I'm going to meetings over in West Roxbury with uh, my uncle and the friendship group and all these other meetings at Holy Name and whatever. And and, and I started to kind of like get back to normal. Mm. And uh, I, you know, whatever. Still but on these meds? Life still taking was, the meds? Oh, yeah, still taking the meds. And uh, and life was getting decent again. And, and um, you know, I just I just kept going. And, and eventually... The job that I was working at, there was a guy that was, uh, I started to pull away from meetings. And again, this was the the individual, myself, taking myself away from meetings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, you know, at first I blamed uh, one of the guys that was in my face all the time. You're not doing enough. You're not doing the steps. You're not this and that. And, and that kind of like with part of AA traumatized me towards some of the stuff in AA. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. it pushed me away. Now, I made the decision to walk away, but I was still going to a meeting here and there, but I was getting away from it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, and I can... I'm, so that, I, that was the excuse that you were using. Exactly. But, Ex- you know, I mean, when you're talking about a young kid, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put, wrap your head around the fact that, oh, you know, I have this disease and it's, a, it's like, no, I just enjoy myself partying. And, yeah. and, then, and then you got this older guy talking down to you in your face. Ah, I spilt more than you ever drank, kid. Right, right, right. And this and that. And you're like, fuck that. And you do yeah. this, or you got to do that, or if you don't do this, or pop, pop, pop. And right. I just, uh, I, I, it just wasn't what I needed at that point in time. Yeah, right. This, you and, know? And, and there's and for, a whole new approach to a lot of things nowadays. For, for me, I felt yeah. like it pushed me, it, it made me not want to go to certain places, at least that that guy was, yeah. and how his approach was. <clears throat> yeah. Um, right. And eventually, like I said, I, I kind of started getting away from some meetings and doing my own thing. And I'm working. And one of the guys at work is uh, selling weed. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I, I was buying a bag off. And I was getting in high by myself in my car. Like, which, it, you know, if you talk to anybody nowadays, if, if you're buying a bag of weed and you haven't smoked weed recreationally, to sit in your car by yourself and get high... It's pretty abnormal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, uh, at least nowadays, you know, or from somebody coming out of what I just came out of, you know. Right. 
That's might, I mean, he might says, as well. I'm sitting in the car to hide to be by myself. It might, have, might as well have been you crack. Know? It didn't, you know, it right, could have right. been weed, crack, fucking whatever. It didn't matter. It's the, It was right. the action at yes, that point. Yes, exactly. You yep. know? Um, and before I knew it, within like a, a week or two of that, I was moving out of my father's house and back into my mother's house, and I was ripping and running. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, mm. And I you was working in, with it in restaurants and bars and... And uh, I worked for the 99. Matter of fact, right around the corner, there was a, a North Quincy 99 that I helped train a bunch of people at. I worked yeah. at the one in Waltham uh, for years, but, like, I ended up going out to help train people. I was actually a pretty decent cook. Uh, yeah. Uh, but eventually, like, you know, I, I mean, you you worked in restaurants, right? Yeah. So... It's just so conducive to when you work, whether you're it doesn't matter wait staff, whether you're whatever. Like you're there at the end of the night, they're shutting the door. The free Dude, drinks come right. If you're a cook, as soon as the kitchen closes, you get you want a drink. You want a drink? What right. do you want? <laughs> and, I mean, and then you have that, and it's like, yo, hey, who got the what? Who got which one of you waitresses got what? You know, right. yeah. And they and they're not just giving you the uh, the like the regular glass. They're like, yeah, let's pull the. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or yeah, fill up his freaking blockbuster mug and let him. I did the same thing, but it was for Fridays yeah. out in California. Yeah, and like it, we opened a brand new Fridays after <laughs> after my incident. No employee drinking on the premises. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking uh, nightmare! But uh, all like you, you're telling my story. It's fucking. It's crazy. So eventually, like. You know, it just became like an everyday thing. You drink after work. Mm. Uh, you start to involve some drugs, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. You're working the night shift, so now you're sleeping until fucking 3 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. to get up to go to work, to be there for 4 o'clock, to work till midnight, 1 o'clock, to do it all over again. Yeah. You know? And feel like so, a vampire. What is it? Yeah. What and then do, what, I, do you, what do you think... Was the point? Why? Why do you think it was just a, a, a mental condition? But what what was the circumstances that were driving you to want to kill yourself at that young age? It's probably just, just the noise. I, just the I think it was a lot of drug induced psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They get you on all these stimulants. Yeah. And I, your fucking brain is going is one way or another, or you know, firing back like and forth crazy. between the stimulants, the weed, the acid, the you know, like. We talked about we're changing all of the chemical, whatever you want to call it, in the brain, and it yeah. just fucking my brain couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, you know, it, it, something was really wrong, and so that that cocaine psychosis probably goes to same with meth and whatever other. Oh, yeah, you got, and, and right? like the stuff nowadays, like the the Whew. meth and shit, like people are in psychosis within days. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like I did meth out in California, and like. I could never find anything like the shit that's around nowadays. It was like bathtub crank that fucking bikers made that we got, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's always like fucking peanut, look like peanut butter. Now it's like, looks like broken glass. Right. You know, and, and people are doing that shit and, and they're gone, like, like fast, you know? I, I sat in apprentice class with a dude, a really good dude. And uh, he came to me and he said, I've been doing a lot of perks and I don't know what to do. And I said, dude, I will come to the North Shore. We will go to meetings. Let's go. You just, here's my phone number. Let's do this. Let's start tomorrow. You know, and he never called me. And then he got into the crystal Mm -hmm. and um, he ended up wildly out of his mind thinking Mm -hmm. everybody was against him and did get arrested. And then he killed himself in the cell. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it just—it's really yeah. good dude too, and it's just a shame, right? Know? Yeah, I mean that's like unfortunately, I think like it, it, people's brains work differently for, for some reason. That's uh, the, all the chemicals, all that stuff that went on. That's so there was no real situation. Where my brain took me, and and for me, the re- the, the attempt at the suicide, right? Yeah, was trying to shut that down because apparently at that moment in time the drugs weren't not you know how they say the drugs weren't working yeah yeah they weren't not necessarily not working but they weren't fucking directing the thoughts away from that they were more or less magnifying yeah focusing it you know and uh yeah the hotter it got the more the more i wanted to shut it down yeah you know all right, and and I wow. was unable at that moment in time to say to myself, 
this, this isn't ain't real. helping. Yeah. It's yeah. making it worse. Yeah. You know? Um, Jesus. And it's ugly, man. So eventually, like like I said, I've been working in the restaurants and the bars, and I, and I'm doing I'm doing everything. I'm doing at this point now. I'm doing blow. We're doing ecstasy, um, special <laughs> yeah. K. You name it. One from one night to the next, we're yeah, doing different right. stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, my alcoholism um, started really making decisions for me. Uh, like like I worked at the ninety nine at that point. I'd worked there for a while and. I was pretty good at what I did, and I had an opportunity to advance in that field, become like a manager and possibly a general manager someday of a restaurant, you know, had health insurance, had other benefits, you know. Uh, But I had a guy that used to come and sit at the bar at the one in Waltham, come over to the window and say, hey, when you got a minute, Pat, you think you could talk to me? And uh, I I knew the guy. Um, I had talked to him a few times, but I came Mm. outside, and he worked at a pub. Up the street, like a almost like a dive bar, like yeah, a, right. You know, old man. Everybody knows everybody. They got mm-hmm. a cuff sheet and whatever. <laughs> the place was called Costello's. Um, and um, he said, "Hey, look, I'm looking for a guy to come come work for me for Fridays at lunch. I'll give you like a hundred dollars for like three hours of work, mm-hmm. and you'll have some free booze." And I said, "All right, <laughs> You're like ding, fine. ding 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 so, ding ding." You know, I kept the, the job at the ninety nine and. And I did that every Friday. I put a couple of, a couple hundred bucks in my pocket every week or so, whatever. And eventually, like the my my alcoholism, you know, brought me to a point where I got mad one day at, at the ninety nine. And uh, he, the guy had asked me if I wanted to come on full time. He'd give me like a dollar more than I was making there. And I said, <laughs> you know what? Free alcohol, less aggravation, better drinking opportunities, and this and that. Easier work. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, and I went in and I said, fuck you to the 99. And I left there and I went to work at a dive bar on the corner of Main Street and Francis Street in Waltham. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and I don't you. want to talk like horribly about it. There's some nice people that were there, but it was the situation for me as an alcoholic. I was just f- like filling the, the truck bed with booze. Yeah. You know, yeah. f- most of the time free stuff, you yeah. know, yeah. And, 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 and like filling the gasoline tank of the alcoholism to keep it moving. And and right. there there is, you know, a, an addiction fueled decision. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> you I'll think? show you, exactly. motherfucker. And, right. and uh, uh, self will like, run right. I, I got over there and it was, you know, the pros, the drinking pros over there. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I, I'd work till like eight or nine o'clock at night in the kitchen and all the guys that would be out there sitting at the bar from happy hour until whenever, oh, get, get Pat a beer, get him a beer, put one on ice for him when he gets off the, the job. And yeah, I'd get yeah. off of work and I'd have like 10, 10 drinks waiting for me, you know? And then I'd have a guy <laughs> say, why don't you go, oh, come over here, Pat? Like he'd give me like a couple of Valiums or he'd give me a Percocet or, yeah. or uh, he'd yeah. go in the bathroom. He'd say, what, you want a line? Well, I would start doing a line. And then, it, you know, it just turned into like, Every day, yeah, and uh, it's it, and this, I don't know, I don't know if it's just the the industry or what, but that's oh, the, just that's so the shit prevalent. that I found, yeah, it's so easy, always. Uh, in in all of this time that had been going on, I I had met a girl and we were together, and she was pregnant, and then she had my son, and and uh, like I'm trying to like su- support a family, but be a fucking drunk and a druggie at the same yeah. time, and. That works. You know, it just wasn't really going well, you know? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't really going well. And um, uh, eventually she got pissed off and she left and went back to live with her grandfather, took my son with her. And and at that point, I was like, all right, vacation time. Yeah. You know? I I ended up taking a, a week's vacation from work, paid. They gave me a paid vacation week to go nowhere. Just to have the week off and sit there and drink all week. At the bar that you worked at? Well, that was what the plan was going to be, you know? Mm. And uh, the the first night of that vacation, I was at the bar. I hit Keno twice for 450. So I'm starting the week off great with a pocket full of money. And I'm going out with a couple of guys from the bar to go watch the fights and go bar hopping. And and, um, that's what we did. And I got fucking hammered, you know? And I, mm. I end up dropping two of the guys off in Waltham, and I'm heading back to my apartment in Newton. And um, 
I'm going back to meet the man. I'm going to get a package, you know? Yeah. And um, on my way home, uh, my life changed. Um, police. No, it wasn't police. No. Well, police obviously were involved in the end, but I was in a car accident. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was very, 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 very bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody was fatally injured in the car that I hit. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, um, it was, uh, at first, uh, so, you know, they took me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the scene of the accident and and i didn't exactly know what the ramifications of what had happened was and i was drunk um and it wasn't until later on at the night where they came into the hospital room and they said uh mr keegan we want to inform you that we're going to take your your blood uh for a, a blood alcohol level and the passenger in the other car in the accident had passed away mm. And uh, they didn't. They didn't charge me. So my my mind was thinking that uh, that um, I just had had an accident, and 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 maybe it wasn't going to be that bad. But um, in my mind, in the back of my mind, you know, the struggle with alcoholism, that not wanting to take the blame there, you know, like this 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 isn't going to end up like that. This is this isn't going to be no way. Um, I, I can't yeah. I can't feel Denial. that, you know. Um, yeah, and. Um, and uh, there's got to be another solution or something to change this, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I was banged up, but not banged up to the point where I needed to stay in the hospital. They released me from the hospital the next day. And and uh, I went to my mother's house, who had an apartment at that point in time, had now been moved to uh, Watertown. And she was taking care of me. My hip was banged up. My face was banged up. I had staples all in my head. And and uh, so I, I went to her house that morning and... Uh, that night, the uh, Newton police showed up at, at her house, and uh, they knocked on the door, and they they knew my mother because of my father. You know, they knew mm-hmm. me because of my father. Yeah, he was a cop in Newton, okay. and uh, they um, they said Nancy is, is Patrick here. We know that he came here after the hospital, and she said, "Yeah." She said, "Well, we got to take him. He's being charged with vehicular homicide." And uh, causing serious bodily injury, and uh, you know, at that moment in time, I I I I couldn't believe it. I said, "This this this can't yeah. be my life. This can't be what's happening. There's no way. This couldn't be my fault." You know, and 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 I just, like, I didn't understand the ramifications. And then they put the cuffs on me, and they took me away, and they booked me. And and uh, and you don't remember what, just prior to the accident when you were driving and all that stuff. You didn't really remember what happened, or. I, well, I remember what happened. Now I was driving, and I uh, I t-boned a car. Wow. You know, but yeah. but the 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 mind wanted me at that point to to whether or not remember or not know exactly. I I, I think right, just denial. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a tough one. That really sucks. So I uh, I got charged, and then. I got booked and I made bail and I said at that moment in time that I would never ever have another drink of alcohol ever again ever again I would never do anything I was going to go to work and I was just going to do the best I could at life that way Mm. and uh, so I left the the uh, jail I got bailed out and uh I went and stayed at my mother's house for the week, and she, she helped take care of me before I went back to work at the same place that, you know, where everything was going on. And uh, then they indicted me into the grand jury, um, which made it even more, like, serious and real and severe. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's big boy jail. Yeah, like, right. they're not, this, is, this isn't no joke. There's no, like, there's no turning back from this, you know. Mm. And, uh and uh, I just I started to try to go through life without drinking, and I didn't know. I I knew there was AA, but at that moment in time, my mind wasn't thinking one bit about AA. Mm-hmm. And I right. was working at this bar, and then I was going to work every day, and I wasn't drinking. And I left uh, I left that bar two weeks later one night, and people came over to my house to say, "Well, let's all hang out so you're not alone." And and they were doing Percocets and drinking, and I wasn't doing anything, and. 
And uh, like for me, like when I talk, when I try to share my experience, strength and hope, I, I try to point this part out that the insanity of this disease. When I went weeks earlier, I said, I will never drink again. And I honestly felt yeah, that uh, in my heart. You, you meant that, it. The, the conviction that I would never drink again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the guy said, here, do you want just, it's not a drink. Do you want just a Percocet? And I said, you know what? I'll try it. Let me see how, if maybe it'll help. Mm. And <laughs> by the end of the night, I was drinking again. I was drunk and I had eaten a bunch of Percocets and I was off and running for the next year and a half while I was year awaiting and a half, trial. Awaiting trial. Yeah. <sighs> And and it got progressively worse to a point where I was drinking, you know, like a pint of Jameson, a 30-pack of Bud Light, and a couple of fucking eight balls to myself, sitting in a room, smoking cigarettes, doing crossword puzzles by myself, mm. looking in the mirror saying, I fucking hate myself. Mm. Why don't you fucking die? Why don't you kill yourself Ugh. to get over this? Yeah. And and uh, I just, I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I had a kid and... And I and I and I believe today that that uh, having a child um, is really what 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 kept me because I was honestly in some serious serious depths in, of despair mm, at I, that I, moment. I, I relate to that. I, I hated myself. I hated my life. I hated where I was going. I hated what had happened. You know, I didn't want the blame, but I wanted to say sorry all at the same time, you know? Yeah. And um, and I, I just, I didn't know where to go with it. So it, it that just continued and it got worse and I stopped paying bills and I just drank and I just got fucked up until this court trial came to a head in uh, September of 2002. And... Uh, and um, my lawyer came to me and he said, look at you, you could fight this and you could beat it and and you do have a case or um the DA's offering you you know a deal and originally they wanted a 5 to 7 but she came down to uh um a two and a half two two and a half year sentences run concurrent uh with uh serving the full on one and 6 months on the other with the other two years suspended and at that moment in time, I guess, I guess, uh, with my family around and everybody saying, you know, you got to accept some responsibility here, and you got an opportunity to just kind of go and maybe change your life. And uh, mm. and I said to my lawyer that I would accept it. So on that day, I accepted it in front of the judge, and they said, Mr. Keegan, you do back here in court on uh, October twenty third uh, for your sentencing. I and think. I think. Uh that seemed like it probably was the right thing to do, huh? So for the next month of my life, I drank and I drank and I drank and I got fucked oh, up. Yeah. And mm, uh, I can imagine. I just kept reckless going. abandon. And, uh, and 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 even to the point, like we talked, like I just talked about insanity of this disease. Like the people that were around me knew that I was going away to prison, and they threw me a party for the same reason that i was going to prison for the same thing that caused guilt in me for years that still holds a sad pot in my heart today and uh i I went to that party the three year party so you could get real drunk yeah yeah and um so for that next month they threw me the party on like a, a saturday night and the next it was a wednesday um I went to I went to work on Tuesday, and on Wednesday I uh, I went to court for the sentencing. And uh, hmm. for me, um, like they, they we talk about in AA, the remember whens and the things you don't want to forget, not to live in them, but to remember so that you don't have to go through it again, you know. And for me, yeah, that, that day in court, the sentencing day, um, <clears throat> where I was standing in front of the judge. And I took a look over my uh, left shoulder, and I was looking at a family who had lost their son. And uh, and um, you know they were hurting. And I looked over my right shoulder, and there was my family, and everybody was upset. You know. Yeah. Yep. And uh, tough. You know, I, I I will never in my life forget that day uh i don't want to forget it i don't i don't want to live in it but i don't want to forget it because it keeps me 
uh, from going back and doing and being where I was before. Right. You know, um, I, 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 um, I never have had the chance to truly and honestly, with all of my heart, apologize to those people. I, I, um, in which I wish I could, and maybe actually this might sound weird, but we're on a podcast, and who knows? Maybe one of the family members will listen to this podcast someday. Yeah, and if yeah, you do, you like I, 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 uh, I wish that that day never happened, and, and and it did, and I'm sorry it did, and I, from the bottom of my heart, with everything that I have, I am deeply, deeply in regret of, um, and 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 I hope that your life today is okay, to any one of the Eccles or Ellison family. Um, hmm. But um, you know, I, I I moved forward. I got taken to prison that day. Yeah. Um, I went to Bill Ricker's House of Correction, and uh, I ended up in uh, the classification cells for six days, kind of rolling and sweating and shaking and not yeah, sleeping was, uh, and looking at the ceiling, detoxing and, yeah. and thinking about like how I grew up and the people I was around and my family and and and. How the fuck did I end up here? Mm. Like, this is really where I am. This is my life. I'm in prison. This is not a joke. This is real. Right. I like, can relate to that uh, feeling. Like, you're not walking out the door tomorrow, Pat. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not what's going to happen. And I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but I said to myself, I got to do something to change this. I got a child out there, and I got family out there, and and all the times that I sat there saying my drinking wasn't hurting anybody, guess what? My drinking hurt a lot of people. Yep. It hurt a lot of people. And so now, in this whole entire time, you had never gone to detox or anything other than a couple- The the mental hospital. A couple mental hospital stints. Yeah, and- uh, I, I I decided to start to go to meetings. They came in, they put some meetings on in the prison. And I asked if there was some, some programs that I could do, and there was. They sent me to the old... Uh, my father went and asked one of the guys, Joe Danucci from... Uh, he was like a, um, the state auditor, and he was from Newton, and uh, if he could help me. And he went to the sheriff, and they ended up, next thing you know, they ended up getting me down to... Uh, it was the old boot camp um, across from Old Colony there in Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. Uh, Plymouth Forestry or whatever it was. Yeah, That's and, where uh, I was for 30 days myself. W- I was there for a program for three months. We took care of the guys that were in, like, the 30-day the thing. We, we oh, like, yeah. took care of their barracks and cleaned up and mm. whatever, and we did our own program. Um, and, I, and I was in there from guys who were finishing up fucking, like, 20-year sentences to guys who were going to be gone, like, a yeah, week I later. Did, I, was in, yeah. I was in – I was in – Actual Bridgewater, um, SECC. Was, yeah, Bridgewater State Prison. Back in September of two thousand and one. Yeah, I did thirty days in there and swore up and down I wasn't going to do it. Fucking six hours later. Yeah, you know, and then couple then December of two thousand one, I was back in Plymouth, and that's that's it's, where I found Alcoholics Anonymous. The, it's the mm. insanity. It's, just, I I started going to meetings. I went to programs. It's all the same shit. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Did you have? And I knew. I didn't know that. I I, I didn't know anything about recovery. I hadn't. I had been exposed to a couple of detoxes, and it was just because I'm. I didn't have a hustle. No money. No whatever. It wasn't to get sober. And but I knew that I needed to change something. I knew this wasn't how I was supposed to live. I knew that yeah. this wasn't how I was raised. Right. I knew this wasn't where I was supposed to be yeah. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but I was there nonetheless. So what can I do to better myself from here? Mm. Yeah. I took the classes. I did the I did the drug block. I, I did everything that I, I worked in there. You know, I worked on the kitchen. They're like, <laughs> they're like oh, I you'll never laundry. you'll yeah. never make <laughs> it down the kitchen. <laughs> I've been in kitchen since I was fucking thirteen. I can work in any yeah. kitchen, and then I worked in laundry for like two months. Yeah, I did. I worked in laundry at Bill Rucka. Yeah, I was behind the wall for six months for the, for the first six months, and then they sent me to uh, Bridgewater. I yeah. did the four months there, and then they sent me back to do another program up at the mods in Bill Bur- um, And eventually, believe it or not, like I, it came time for like half my sentence, so they I went up to parole and yeah, exactly. You know, I, I had all the jailhouse lawyers tell me, "What do you? Why are you even going? Like, they're not look at your charge. Yeah, they're not going to give you parole like fifteen months after a thirty month sentence. No way, dude." And like I said, I had done the two programs. I had stayed a good soldier, you know, and I was trying to fucking do the right thing. And yeah. I went in front of the parole board and. 
they said, Mr. Keegan, don't don't make us look bad. We're going to give you a chance here, kid. Yeah. And they parole you to a program? Or? They paroled me to a home, to my home, uh, to my mother's house. And wow. uh, well, you know, they said you need to go to meetings because I, I still had 10 years of superior probation. That's a risky it, move. Wow. You know? Risky move. Yeah. 10 years of probation on a two-year sentence. With a two-year to serve if I if yeah. with suspended. suspended. Yeah. So yeah. For 10 years. So if I made one small mistake in that 10 years, I was going back to serve the two years. Yeah. Plus whatever you fucked up with. Right. And let's put it this way. I didn't serve the two years. Yeah. I got out of there and uh, my mother had an apartment in in, uh, Belmont. And I started going to meetings at McLean's Hospital, Mm -hmm. um, which was originally like my bread and butter. Um, and a bunch of meetings in Belmont, a bunch of meetings all over. Do you look at that time uh, fondly? Um, first, first meetings and stuff like yes, that when you were getting I serious? Do. So I do. Do I. Because yeah, because it's like I got a fucking chance of a lifetime right now. It's, it's like hard. I shouldn't be in this meeting. I shouldn't be sitting in this meeting right now. It, it's right. what strengthened my mind and my brain to know that it's where I needed to be. It's who I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's what I needed to be doing. It's I remember it as being hard, but I was in the state of mind where I was just a, a learner. You know what I mean? I was just open. I was just like, I don't know shit. Yeah, I was exactly. A, I was in a TC, a little different, but I was, you know, when I started going outside meetings and stuff, and I was like, I was just in this state of mind where I'm here to learn and I'm open and the future is bright if yeah. I just do a couple of good things. Yeah. Right, you know, right. A couple and, of simple and things. And again, like for, for us as alcoholics and addicts, like another big thing for me was like going to the meetings and not being alone. Not being alone with myself yeah. and my own yeah. thoughts and, mm-hmm. and allowing me to talk myself into negative or bad situations and I needed to be around people. Yeah, and then, you know? and then sharing yeah. something that was going through your head and they're like, fuck, I did the same fucking thing. And then you're like, right. okay, so... I'm not, I'm not fucked. Oh, yeah, I am fucked, but I'm not fucked. I'm okay. There's more somebody, people like me, and, yes, and if exactly. they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You hear somebody you know? talking, and, and, and the people are laughing about crazy shit, and you're like, oh, this, this yeah. isn't so bad. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're hearing people from the podium, and if it was normal people, if you're telling the story, like... They'd be uh, judging, uh, yeah. shaking no, their head. No, they'd probably be calling somebody. Yeah. Right. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Calling the like, cops. Yeah, you need to get that net over here because yeah. this dude's nuts. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, it, it's, that man's nuts. Grab him. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like the, but like to, sh- to share what you just shared with us, you know, uh, like that's going to help somebody. I was in a meeting a couple weeks ago and, uh, I forget what the topic was, but I was like, listen, if you keep your story to yourself, you're being fucking selfish. Mm. That's true. Like, yep. you I need to share. Someone needs to hear your story. Yeah. yeah. To get the I don't, gift, that gift of identification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I got it in Plymouth House Correction. It was from a lady who came in, did a commitment. Nowhere in our lives were parallel, were anything the same. But... I had the gift of identification nonetheless. With the emotions. And the it feelings. was the feelings. Yeah. Like waking up in the morning saying, I'm not doing this. Right. And then doing a couple it. hours later, here you are. Like, how the fuck did I get here again? What the fuck? I, I didn't want to do this. Fuck did I? You know? But it took me years to realize that I had lost that power of choice. Right. That, that, that control. That I could not. I could no longer not do what I was doing. Calling the shots. Yeah. It. Every every decision in my life was based on alcohol and or drugs. Yeah, yeah. You know where I worked, who I hung out with, where I went. Yeah. You know, not and at the time not thinking that, right? Not knowing that, or, yeah. or not wanting to admit it, right? You know, right. but then, then look back on it, it's like what the because f- then it's wrong. Yeah, and then yeah. there's yeah. something wrong with it, and, and and we we know we have morals, we know what's right and right. wrong. Right. Yeah, it's obvious. We yeah. know what's right and wrong. Right. You know. <laughs> But so real quick, Pat, what uh, what's it like now, brother? Um, I I um, I have a really good life, you know. I I I, I have a great job. I'm a, I'm an iron worker. Um, great job, I do. I love Damn it. Damn good know? job. I, it's always got its ups and downs. So did you go moments, from? But that's every job, you know. So did yeah. you go from the Mom- kitchen ups and downs from the moments, kitchen to yeah. iron working? Uh, f- no. Funny story. I got out. Nobody really wanted to hire me. I took took a while. I got a job at Muzzy Ford from my mother's boyfriend in the body shop. 
Yeah. And to be totally honest, uh, somebody from prison suggested <laughs> that I, I sign up and <laughs> go, an and iron go be an iron worker. Really? So while I was while I was you know working at Muzzy Ford, which I fucking hated. Excuse my language here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went and I signed up, and I had a friend of mine. Believe it or not, which is you know it's for me. It's another part of like. Everything you know, happens the way it's supposed to. The way it's supposed to. One of the yeah. guys I was running with uh, happened to know somebody high up in the ironworkers, and he called him, and he said, this kid's coming in for an interview, and the next thing you know, I'm sitting down at the interview, and they're like, hey, you know so-and-so, and I was like, yeah, and they're like, all right, you know, good. So what? Uh, how long <laughs> you been in now? Uh, I got in in 05. I got out of prison in uh, two, January 2004. I worked at Muzzy Ford for a while. I got accepted to the um, to the um, apprenticeship program, and like less than a week later, I, I like I said, I hated working at Muzzy Ford. And the guy I who was my mother's boyfriend, I hated. He did something, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm out of here. And I just told him where to go and what to do. Yeah, and, yeah. And I started off on my iron working career. You know, and you know was, what's great about the union is. Uh you can do that still. Yeah. But you're still going to be an iron worker. You just go to a different company. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, right? Have tools, will travel. That's right. You yeah. know? No. But uh, that's fantastic. But I, I, I got a good life today. I got a really, really good life today. I lost my license um, for a long time, because for 13 years, and, and, yeah. and, and rightfully so. But guess right. what? The state of Massachusetts decided that it would be a good idea to give me my license back. I've had my license back since 2013. Yeah, haven't Fantastic. had a, a knock on wood. Yeah, haven't had a ticket or an accident or anything since. You yeah. know, beautiful. Um, I have. Um, I got married to um, a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful human being that just understands the whole inner workings of Pat Keegan, and it has not only been great for me, but it's helped me along the way yeah. in my life. Nice. I have uh, an awesome stepson and uh, and a great son. My my nineteen year old son is a is a great kid. He grew up in this fellowship, you yeah. know, and and, yeah. and I think a lot of that stuff helps him to who he is. He's really mild-mannered, good kid. He's 19 years old, big hockey player, and I wouldn't have been the dad that I was right. to be able to right. take him to the hockey rinks to get to where he's going if it wasn't for if I wasn't sober. Yeah, That's right. for showing up. You know, um, really, like, being sober has, uh, is, you know, it's given me everything. I just bought a beautiful house. Yeah, you know, twenty years ago, I, I would have thought that I would have never bought a house. Or honestly, if I was still going, I, I would have, I would have most certainly been in prison. But probably uh, the way my brain works, I would have been dead. I would have yeah, killed right. myself right. Yeah. for sure, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and now, uh, now today, I just, I, you know, I, everything's not perfect. I try to be a good person. Um, I, I try not to hurt other people. Um, I get on my knees every morning. I say my prayers, and mm-hmm. some of them have to do with Alcoholics Anonymous. Some of them have to do with myself and my own daily life. Yeah, yep. man. Um, yep. I, I battle some uh, mental health issues, but I'm able to deal with them and help myself because I'm sober. Yeah, and you can yep. you can recognize what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. right. You're self, a lot more self-aware when you're sober. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Having gotten sober causes you to be self-aware right i believe you know yeah and uh you know it's 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 i don't envision myself i don't ever want to take a drink of alcohol or drugs again right um you know some people say never say never and and you know you're getting ahead of the horse here but you know i know i know for me that's where i'm at with this thing you know um i know for me aa and fellowship and people um is what is what helps me to kind of be just feel comfortable. Yeah. You know? And that's uh, probably all you ever wanted but to begin with. To be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is – people don't understand how and, and beautiful you, and, that is. And, like, yeah. you, you get that feeling at first when you when you drink or, or use drugs. Right. But then it stops working. Right. You know? Right. For a, for a short time, <laughs> yeah. you get yeah. com- a little yeah. bit of comfort, but you don't get the, the – um, being a person of honor and dignity right. and self-respect right. that you right. get from working on yourself and 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 doing it so yeah, I mean right? it feels good. It feels honorable. You yeah, know? exactly. It's, it's so, a beautiful thing. Helping myself helps me. Helps people around me. Helps people at work. Helps my family. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I would be very surprised if you didn't help somebody tonight, Pat. Yeah. You know, uh, we thank, thank you. you. Thank you a lot for doing yeah. that. Can I give a little shout out before yeah, we go? Yeah, go ahead. Shout, shout out, out to it. my family, my wife Leanne, my son Patrick, my son Drew, and some guys at work, Double D, Dave Donovan, and Danny McWilliams. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thanks, everybody. Yes. So, lolterms.com for Please the audio subscribe. podcast. Um, you can. Uh, subscribe there to whatever platform you have um if if you anyone that's out there that wants to come on and share their story with us just message the group message the page message tom or myself um you know also we're looking we're looking for a producer to come on board yeah for you know piece of the pie type of thing there's no pie yet but maybe if we had a producer we'd have some pie fucking starving over here yeah Uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) no i mean we no you know what i mean we need some help yes we 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 don't make anything off of this we do this to help other people you know yeah eventually someday if it does that would be amazing great and the money that 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 comes from that would go to help other people as well exactly you know um one hand washes the other. So if anyone's out there, they know anything about this stuff or or social media, like yeah, social hit media, us up. Uh, audio, video. That's the the type of person we're looking for. But all right, thanks everybody. Lolterms.com. Thanks for having me, guys. It's thank uh, you. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger and hate, and nobody is safe.